Hey, Secrets of Success listeners, Deanna here. Thank you all so much for joining us. Well, today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. See, NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. Now, how many of you can use some additional information so you can make smarter decisions with your money? It's okay. I'll be the first to raise my hand. Because the nerds have helped me get smarter about things like saving on travel. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night, maybe a a small shopping spree or a fancy dinner or two. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Also, boosting my credit score, since good credit is like a real-life cheat code, seriously, like a real-life cheat code, and then saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It just loves a good plot twist. So listen to Merit Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Welcome to a journey of transformation empowerment. You're listening to Antonio T. Smith Jr. Where ideas ignite change and possibilities are endless. Before we dive into today's episode, we have something special for our listeners. Today's podcast is brought to you by a groundbreaking book that's reshaping the conversation around Black economic empowerment. It's Resegregation, Volume 1, The Power Matrix. A Master Plan for Black Group Economics with Wealth Creation, authored by visionary Antonio T. Smith, Jr. Antonio isn't just an author. He's a former top-secret combat special operations intelligence sergeant turned millionaire. His life work championed the economic autonomy and wealth creation within black communities. In this seminal work dedicated to teachings of Dr. Claude Anderson, Antonio outlines a comprehensive blueprint covering critical sectors like finance, technology, manufacturing, and more. He blends military discipline with acute understanding of systematic disparity this isn't just a book, it's a movement, a call to action to create lasting wealth and reshaping the economic narrative. Antonio's vision is clear, drive a significant shift toward black ownership and control. Listeners, if you've ever wondered about innovative strategies for wealth creation or how technological transformation can uplift the black communities, then this book is for you. Join Antonio Smith Jr. on the transformative journey. Pick up your copy of the Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix today and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us.
Hello, Secret to Success listeners. I hope you are having an amazing day, week, month, wherever this podcast finds you today. I hope it finds you full of prosperity. Today, we have an amazing, amazing guest with us. We have Mr. Matt McWilliams. Now, as always, I'm not going to do all of the speaking. I'm going to pass it over to Mr. Matt. Hello, Mr. Matt. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. How are you? I am doing great. I am doing great. So, Mr. Matt, can you please let our audience here know who you are and what it is that you do? Gosh, I have to talk about myself. I don't really like doing that. <laughs> I love doing that. <laughs> and anybody who says otherwise is lying. Um, no. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Matt McWilliams, I've been I've – been a- Hello, Secret to Success podcast listeners. I hope you are having an absolutely amazing day today, wherever you are when you listen to this episode. Today we have an amazing guest with us. We have Mr. Matt McWilliams. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. How are you? I am doing great. I am doing great. So I'm going to back up and uh, let you introduce yourself to our audience. So Mr. Matt, the floor is yours. Well, I, we uh, for those who don't know, we had a little bit of a technical difficulty earlier, so it's always awkward trying to repeat the exact same joke like five <laughs> minutes later. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it here, which is to say I Go don't for like it. talking about. I'm, I don't like talking about myself. Actually, yes, I do because everybody does. Um, anyway, that landed much better the first time. So uh, yeah, just pretend that that went really well when you got when you listen to this. Um, no, so I mean, my uh, kind of my my journey in the online marketing world. Uh, it goes back 18 years, uh, which, you know, I'm 41 now. And I, I tell people all the time, like, I didn't have a dream of being an online marketer because that wasn't even a logical dream growing up. Like, the Internet was something, like, the first time I, you know, got on the Internet, I remember it was in my senior year of high school. We had to go into the computer lab, and they had to, like, you had to schedule time to get onto the internet because if you got onto the internet in the library, the library's phones didn't work. They didn't even have a dedicated line yet. You know, not even like a not even like a, a fiber line or a you know or whatever. They didn't even have a dedicated phone line for the internet in our library. And it would be so funny like the librarian would come over and say, listen, uh, the principal or you know the assistant principal called I have to take a call. You have to get offline. You know, that's the era when I grew up. And, um, but I kind of, you know, timed it right. I got into uh, teaching these golf schools with my dad. We needed more customers. You know, I was 22, 23 at the time. And I discovered this website called Google. And uh, Google would allow me, this is not possible now, but back then it would allow me to pay them 10 cents per person who clicked to my website. And then when you came to my website, like, you know, now everybody knows you go to a website today and the idea is to build your list, you know, which is totally what we advocate. You want to build your email list. You want to nurture that relationship. There was no opt-in. There was no lead magnet. You came to my website. You either gave me $2,000 or you left. Now, fortunately, about one out of every 200 people gave me $2,000. At 10 cents a click, you can do the math. I was paying $40 to acquire a $2,000 customer. And I was acquiring a new wow. customer pretty much daily at the age of 22. You know, I made more money than I know what to do with. Like, I was like, you got to be kidding. This is ridiculous. Like, I still live with my mom. 
I had virtually no expenses, you know, and it was just crazy. Fast forward about a year and a half later, thankfully, my dad fired me. And there's a reason he fired me. I was the world's worst golf instructor. I hated it. I literally hated teaching golf to the beginning golfers. Um, my best friend and I grew up playing golf together, and we always used to joke that we were, we were going to play professional golf. Like, that was our game. We were going to make the PGA Tour. We were never going to be like those guys who grew up playing golf and then ended up later in life teaching old ladies in purple sweaters how to play golf. <laughs> so sure enough, at one of my, you know, golf schools one day, a 75-year-old lady shows up in a lavender sweater. And I take a, you know, I take kind of like pull out my, you know, my, this is 2003, you know, my little flip phone with like the 0.2 megapixel phone. And I'm like, I, I text my friend and I'm like, I think I said something online, just kill me now. You know, like my life is over. I have basically given up on all my dreams and hopes. And um, now you know this. What would a, a good female friend in that situation would like? They would call you, right? You would call your best friend. If your best friend just texted you and said, my life is over, you would call her and say, oh, honey, I am so sorry. Oh, what can I do? I've, I'm already making dinner for you. I'm bringing it over tonight. But a good male friend, like my friend Hunter, texts me back and says, ha-ha, sucks to be you. And oh, so wow. that was kind of the beginning, though, of me getting into the online world. Now, fast forward over the last 18 years, uh, you know, I've, I've discovered the power of affiliate marketing and running affiliate programs. I've built multiple, um, you know, multiple multi-million dollar affiliate programs. Uh, my first affiliate program, ironically, I went into business with Hunter and I remember sitting in his office one day. We were almost out of money. We had about $5,000 left in our business bank account. We needed a way to make money without spending money, at least not, at least make money before we spent the money. Um, and I was like, what about these people called affiliates? And he's like, what, what are, like, radio stations? What are you talking about? You know, this is 2005. Nobody had ever heard of affiliates back then. And I was like, no, they're, like, people who market your website, and you don't pay them until after there's a sale made. So first of all, there's no risk. Second of all, we get to float the money for 30 days, which in our case was like, you know, a miracle. And, um, and thirdly, like, it's like infinitely scalable because we don't have to worry about targeting and things like that. Like they do all the targeting for us. It was like a dream come true for a company in our situation. And so sure enough, we started an affiliate program. 18 months later, we were doing $12.5 million a year. Um, from, from our affiliate program. So it grew very rapidly, and I, that was in 2005, 2006. Uh, since then, gosh, I'm talking about myself forever. Um, <laughs> you know, since then, um, I've been fortunate to work with some amazing clients. We've worked with guys like Michael Hyatt, uh, Shark Tank's Kevin Harrington, you know, the original shark from Shark Tank, uh, Rich Sheffrin, who's been around since like a million years ago in online marketing, um, Jeff Goins, Lewis Howes, Brian Tracy, I mean, some of the legends, like, I've, it's, like, I pinch myself just even thinking, like, oh, my gosh, I got to work with Brian Tracy and Kevin Harrington and, Rick, like, Rich Sheffer and guys that I looked up to, guys whose books I still buy, guys, I mean, Brian Tracy, I read his book, um, oh, my gosh, what was the name of that book? Um, it was The Psychology of, I know not The Psychology of Selling, maybe that was it, uh, but it was a book that he wrote on, on sales back in 2005, you know? Uh, got to work with, you know, Zig Ziglar's company. Um, you know, Zig is somebody I started listening to when I was in college. Um, you know, I look up to these people and then I get to actually uh, work with them because I, I leaned into the thing that I 
I feel like if a guidance counselor actually knew that what I do even exists and they don't, they would tell me to do what I do. And um, so that's kind of my my life or business story in a in a nutshell, if you will. Awesome. Thank you so much for introducing us to you. So you have really had that is okay, so all of the names that you just, just mentioned, those are the greats that you've had the opportunity to work with. That is extremely exciting. That's yeah, been exciting that is for me. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, like, I, pinch, I, <laughs> I pinch myself. Like people, you know, um, I, I still, you know, I mean, I uh, get into sitting, you know, Kevin Harrington's, uh, you know, dinner table um, and discuss strategy with him. Um, you know, sitting sitting by Rich Shefford's pool, you know, um, I don't take those things for granted. You know, like um, I, I grew up in an environment, I, I tell people all the time, I was I was super super fortunate because uh, my dad my dad ran a golf course just outside of Nashville, and what happens when you run a golf course outside of Nashville is you're surrounded with you know like celebrities, um, and it became kind of like I just they're just regular people, you know like I'm just playing golf with this guy who's won 14 Grammys like that was. Um, I didn't think anything of it, you know, and I realized that's not a normal experience for a 16-year-old, um, you know, but it was like, oh, we're, you know, like, yeah, we're going over to so-and-so's house. I I was not that excited that it was, you know, so-and-so who's, you know, like on the radio every day. I was more excited that he had a 10-foot diving board, <laughs> you know. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. you mean with the 10-foot, my dad's like, He's like he's won like four Grammys. You know, my dad's really excited <laughs> because he's going to hang out with like this famous person. I'm excited about the ten foot diving board. You know, um, but because of that, like because of that upbringing, and again, I realize that that's like I mean that's uh, you know that's as Tony Robbins would say that was the lucky sperm club on that one. Um, you know, because of that, it's I I I actually developed an appreciation, I guess for that even like growing up not appreciating it as an adult I realized like oh my gosh you know getting to like have a meal with you know Zig Ziglar's son because when I started working with Zig's company it was after he had passed away that's not normal you know I and I just like I pinch myself sitting there with Kevin Harrington sitting there with Rich Shefflin you know sitting there in Michael Hyatt's backyard you know while he says nice things about me to his team um, that's not like a normal, you know, thing. Um, yeah. So I, I'm super grateful for that. Well, congratulations. Congratulations. Because so, that, the journey to that point is always, they say you have the start and the finish, but it's what, what you do in between that counts. So your in between oh. has been awesome. So I applaud you for your in between. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little bit of the in-between. It's not that I don't talk about it because I do. Um, the part of the in-between involves, you know, um, sleeping on my mom's couch, you know, and it's, uh, it's a little, you know, she had a one-bedroom apartment, so it's the kind of couch, you know, what are those called, fold-out couches or futons or whatever, you know, yeah. the kind of couch where you have to sleep in the shape of an S because there's springs coming up, like, at different points. Uh, yes. If you roll over exactly in the middle of the night, yeah, everybody, everybody's been in that point. In life. Most people have been at that point in life. Um, 
you know, sleeping on their mom's couch or whatever it was. Uh, again, you know, what am I thankful for? I'm thankful that my mom let me sleep on her couch. You know, like right. I can I can look at that and go, gosh, I was making $500 a month um, with my first business, and that was going the business was going into debt to pay me that $500. I can look at that and say that really sucked. That was a really rough two years of my life. Or I can look at it and be like, you know what? Yeah, I was working 18 hours a day, seven days a week, but I I got to. You know, um, I got, to, I had a mom who was like, yeah, if you'll pay me a couple hundred bucks a month, I'll let you live here. You know, like I need you to pay me a little bit. Um, cause that server you have in the corner is, you know, costing like a hundred bucks a month in electricity. Um, <laughs> you know, but like, uh, yeah, I mean that the middle, the middle was, you know, there were some parts in the middle that were rough. Um, you know, running, uh, running multiple businesses into the ground trying to scale them and learning how to scale a business. And, um, you know, all those things are, are certainly a part of the story as well. Wow. So before I move into my next question, Mr. Matt, ladies and gentlemen, sure. I hope that you are paying attention. Nothing goes straight into yay. It's always the in-between, the growth that you go through. So be grateful for the parent that allows you to sleep on their couch. Be grateful for stress, sleep, recovery, whether we're in the gym or at work, these things shape how we perform. I know I have a combination of both stress and sleep. When you're running a multi-million dollar company as the COO, your stress levels are high and your sleep is pretty minimal. You lay down at night, but you have work on your mind and it's going and going and going and you can't quite get to sleep. And then once you get that comfortable position and you doze off, your alarm clock goes off and it's time to wake up. And then I wake up exhausted because I really didn't sleep. I wake up not ready for the day. My alert level is extremely low and it's really hard to have a productive day when you're in that type of physical condition. One thing I've added to my daily routine and it's helped to make a noticeable difference for me is new calm. See, when I first got my new calm and I went in and I set it up, it was an easy process. Uh, uploading the app, getting everything together was so easy to do. And then when I used it that first night, I noticed that I actually got a little more sleep than I normally got. My mind was a little calmer than normal. When I woke up the next day, I was I had more alertness than I had in a while and I was excited and I was ready for the day and I had a very productive day because I was able to focus. And now I have more alertness. I'm not falling asleep during training because I slept at night. My nights have been extremely wonderful. My mind is calm, so my body is able to rest because my mind isn't going and it's really helped me because I know at night I need to go to sleep in enough time so I can put on my new calm and I can uh, have enough time to rest and then wake up alert and ready to go in the morning. And I wake up earlier now than I used to before new calm. See, it's imperative to your health and happiness to be able to manage stress and not be managed by it. And new calm gives you the power and control to relax and recharge anywhere, anytime. You can own the day with a new calm. The whole process is easy to use and to work into your daily routine to achieve better sleep, reduction in stress, and boost in recovery. So do what I did. Own the day with new calm. 
We have a special link set up specifically for our Secret to Success listeners. Go to successnewcalm.com and get 50% off your 30-day subscription of New Calm and their money-back guarantee. That's successnucalm.com. Successnewcalm.com. Those moments because when you're able to sit and have lunch with Zig Ziglar's son, you can look back and be like, wow. <laughs> like, it, it's the in-between that gives you the gratitude. And with that being said, Mr. Matt, I was reading your bio, and it says that you were fired four times. <laughs> yep. <laughs> now, twice, an twice ordinary... by the same company, once by my own father. <laughs> <laughs> an ordinary person would have just given up at this point. <laughs> like, you yeah. know what? I'm just... I'm not doing this. So what what drove you to keep going? And then at what point were you like, you know what? That is not for me. This is where I'm going. And so I'm going to put everything into this goal, this dream, this future. Yeah. You know, the first, you know, to, to what you just said, and it ties in with, you know, the, the firings. I mean, yeah, the, it's so cliche to say that the road to success is, is a zigzag. It's not a straight line. Um, every one of those opportunities, like, and I, you notice I said opportunities, because that's right from Zig Ziglar's, you know, playbook there. Um, every one of those opportunities that some people would call a setback were nothing. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the, the, the comedian, uh, Michael Jr. Um, and he's become a really good friend and, and he talks about, you know, every, every you know, it's, it's a cliche, but every setback is a setup for something greater. And that whole thing where we went through as a company where we screwed up everything, we made every mistake possible, and it seemed like everything went against us, and we got some bad breaks, were the thing that led us to our biggest breakthrough, which was setting up an affiliate program, which ultimately, if I had not succeeded with that as quickly as I did and built a name for myself and won all the awards that I won, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now, which has allowed me to work with those clients. It sucked to be sitting in that office going, oh my gosh, we're going to be out of business in like six weeks if we don't do something. That, that's the terrible position to be in. But the reality is, if we had had just a little bit more money in the bank, we probably would have coasted. And we would have built a $2 million company. We'd have never built an $18 million company. We'd have never had 52 employees. We'd have had like six people, you know? Yeah. And it, sometimes it's like getting, it's just like getting punched in the stomach is the thing that makes you go to the hospital to find out that actually the pain that was lasting a week later wasn't because you got punched, it's a tumor. You know, it's the thing that makes you go get diagnosed for something that was even worse, and you go, wow, I'm so glad I got punched in the stomach. I mean, who's ever said that? Like, I'm just so glad I got punched in the stomach. I know people who have literally said that, or they had something bad happen, and that bad thing was what led to something, you know, finding out that something was even worse or, you know, finding out something better or that led them to the hospital where they met the doctor who became a client who referred 75 other doctors to them, (laughs) you know, things like that happen all the time. Um, But when I got fired, the first time I did what most people think, or, you know, I did what most people do. I went and looked for another job so that I could get fired again. And when I got fired the second time, I was like, I need to go find another job. So I did what everybody does. And I went and found another job. The fourth time I got fired, which was the second time I'd been fired by the same company, first time I got fired by Kroger, apparently they don't like it when you don't come to work. 
you know. Um, <laughs> that one I totally deserved. The second time, I got fired by my dad, and I totally deserved it. I was terrible at my job, and I hated it, and he knew it. And he didn't fire me necessarily because I was terrible. He fired me because he loved me. You know, he fired me because he wanted to get rid of me so I could go do something that I was meant to do. Uh, the next few times I was fired by the same company. And the fourth time it finally occurred to me, maybe I'm unemployable. Maybe I am utterly unemployable. Right. And But I still did the same thing. I went and looked for jobs. Thankfully, again, this is where it's like, you know, you can call it God, you can call it the universe, you can call it fate. For purposes of this conversation, it doesn't matter to me. All of this stuff connected, and what happened in that moment was I actually had so many job offers because I had built my reputation and I had built my network. I had so many job offers that I couldn't say no to. There were four different job offers. I could not say no to, to them. So I said yes to all of them, and that's how I got into consulting. And the opportunity to get fired when I was making really good money, or so I thought, you know, like that. That's what I thought was really funny. I was just so pleased as punch, as my old attorney used to say. I was pleased <laughs> as punch to be there. It was easy work. It was in an industry that I knew and I'd been doing for five or six years. I knew all the people. I, I Truthfully, I didn't have to exercise a whole lot of brain power on a daily basis. And it didn't require me to get out of my comfort zone to go into three niches that were way out of my knowledge, way out of my comfort zone, and required me to really stretch myself. Um, within a year from there of that moment was when I started winning all the awards and started getting recognized like industry-wide. And it was very much in part to the fact that I was, you know, I, I the, one of the reasons why I feel like I'm the best in the world at what I do is because I've worked in every conceivable niche. I couldn't have done that if I wasn't fired. If I had not been fired, I would probably still be just piddling along, making what I was making, super comfy, life is good. I'm good at what I do, but I'm not the best. And I'm never going to get any better because I don't need to get any better, you know. But like getting fired and going into those different niches, it, it forced me to get better. It forced me, like, I remember, this was in 2011, I remember that fall for the first time in like five years, I started reading more business books. I started reading more books about like negotiation and how to work with clients. And, you know, I went back and read, you know, the classics, like how to win friends and influence people. I started subscribing to the periodicals in, in the, you know, in our niche. There's a, there's a couple of magazines about affiliate marketing. I started learning how to be an affiliate, which I'd never learned before. I really only focused on running an affiliate program. I started my own blog, which now to this day, mammockwilliams.com, started as a leadership and personal development blog, morphed over the years into really, uh, you know, more about online marketing and the mindset and just starting an online business. Um, that started in 2012 because I was in those different niches and I wanted to get experience as an affiliate, but not, you know, just talking about being an affiliate. None of that would have happened if I hadn't been fired before time. Um, and, you know, having that idea of like, okay, I think I might just be unemployable. <laughs> Maybe I need to do something else. Maybe I need to do this consulting. Um, you know, that was, that was really, I mean, it was one of the best things that ever happened to me. Like I, I said, I know exactly where I would be if that hadn't happened. And it's, 
I'd still be just uh, as I, as, you know, one of my favorite expressions is fiddle farting. You know, like I would just be fiddle farting <laughs> around at that job. You know, wake up at eight, start at nine, finish at five. You know, five days a week, my two weeks vacation. Like that would be my life. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that it took me a long time. It took me 30, 31 years to figure out that's not for me. You know, I need, I need the freedom of an entrepreneur. And part of that freedom, I tell people all the time, part of that freedom means that um, I might decide that I'm going to go to the zoo today with my family from 12 to 3. There's still things I need to get done as a business owner. So it means I'm working tonight from 10 to 12. Um, just because I'm working from 10 to 12 doesn't mean I don't have freedom. I do have freedom. I chose to do that. You know, there's nobody saying you have to be in this office, you know, between these out, this hour and this hour. I get to choose when I'm here. Um, and I just decided that was the, that was the life for me was, was being a business owner. Um, you know, like I said, I'm utterly unemployable. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Thank you. Thank you. It took me 32 years. <laughs> I got to you by a whole year, huh? <laughs> yeah, it took me, yep, a whole year. It took me 32 years. So I just got to a point where I was like, if I am going to stress out, have massive anxiety over something that is not even mine, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> And there's been studies done on that about like entrepreneurship and, and the stress that comes with that. Like it's a, there's this, I forget what, who, who did the, the research. I think it was out of Stanford. Um, but it talked about, you know, the stress, like why entrepreneurs live longer and entrepreneurs do, I think entrepreneurs live something like seven years longer than the average population or something like that. And yeah. part of that is, is definitely socioeconomic. You know, they, they, they acknowledge that that's, that's de- you know, that definitely plays a role. You know, entrepreneurs tend to make more money. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. that's just a fact. Um, but they attribute, and this is not empirical, but they attribute a large percentage of it to the type of stress that entrepreneurs experience versus the type of stress that employees experience. And so, yeah, entrepreneurs might be up at four in the morning stressing over a server going down. If you're an employee, you don't care. You're asleep. You don't get the text saying your servers down. I mean, these are all personal experience. Um, yeah, right. you know, having to fire people, having to fire people is super stressful. Having to go into debt to keep your business afloat is super stressful. But it's there's this certain I forget what the the terms are, but basically what they've just, you know determined is like there is stress that you you feel because you know you're in control and you feel responsibility versus stress like my boss sucks. You know what you can do about that? Nothing. You can do nothing about that, at least in terms of, you know, what most people, there's, oh, I don't even get into that whole thing. But the point is, there are different types of stress. And so mm-hmm. on, the type of stress that entrepreneurs feel is the better type of stress of the two. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, to your point, um, I mean, it, it, it actually does make a, a huge difference. Like, if you're going to worry about something, and you're going to stress yourself stress yourself out over something. Um, might as well be your own thing, you know, because it's actually better. Right, exactly. I, I'm in. I promise you, <laughs> it, it 
is definitely different. I'll take I'll take the stress and anxiety of having my own business over the stress and anxiety of somebody else's business any day, any day. Yep. So affiliate marketing, being an affiliate, mm-hmm. can you let our audience know more about that? You know, because you, you said you and your business partner were sitting there and you're like, you know, we got to do something. And you said, well, what about being an affiliate? How did, and you said that you read on it, you wanted to do more than just talk about it. You wanted to know, know the ins, ins and outs of it. So how did that process, like what was your first affiliate marketing that you did that you were like, man, this is it, that built you up to starting your business, which you said in your bio took you a very long time to come up with a name for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so back in 2005, um and, and just the, yeah, the story behind that real quick on the, on the the name uh, the name of our company is Matt McWilliams Consulting Incorporated. So um, you know that took us about seven minutes. Um, we tried <laughs> to find some like cool name like some Roman emperor, you know, or something like that, or um, you know whatever. Uh, couldn't really come up with anything, so we just went with Matt McWilliams Consulting. And part of that was again in in our industry in the affiliate marketing world, my name carries a certain power. And there's, there's, when one of our team members who's not as well known calls up somebody and says, you know, this is Mark Stevercroft from Matt McWilliams Consulting, they, you know, that's how influence and authority works. Is like, I always say that influence and authority are like magic, you know, magic fairy dust. Um, you know, if you interview somebody on your podcast, you're getting some of their influence and authority. It's like sprinkled on you. You know, if you, <laughs> If you run a summit and you interview somebody, they they sprinkle some of their magic fairy dust on you. And so in my world, you know, my small little corner of the world, I mean, yeah, you go into Walmart or Target and less than 0.01% of the population has ever heard of me, you know. But in my world, my name carries a certain amount of authority, and so that's why we, we did that. But, yeah, if you go back to 2005, um, you know, I, I specifically remember it was Memorial Day weekend 2005. Um, I was sitting in the CEO's office. I always used to I always used to say that it was a Saturday, but my friend who is, was the CEO, we're still best friends today. Um, he called me one day and he's like, "Hey man, I was listening to you tell our story. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but it was a Friday." <laughs> I was like, "Oh my gosh, was I really off Friday?" He's like, "No, I remember." He's like, "I remember it was a Friday because his now wife, who was his uh, girlfriend at the time, had her wisdom teeth pulled out that day and she missed work and blah blah blah." And one of his famous quotes was, she was so doped up on the stuff, like the painkillers, that he called her and they, and he's like, have you eaten anything? She's like, yeah, I had some untoasted toast. Um, so I'll never forget. It took me a second, but that's okay. Um, and, um, you know, but since I say it was a Friday afternoon, I'm sitting in the office and we decide we're going to find affiliates. Well, it's Memorial Day weekend. I'm in my mid-20s. I don't have a family. I don't have to go to a cookout if I don't want to. I spent the next three days, nobody else was in the office. I spent three, like, I literally got there at, like, 7.30 in the morning and left after midnight, that, like, Saturday, Sunday. I think I was there Friday night, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, all day Monday, working on finding affiliates in our niche, which was the insurance niche. And I remember on... Monday, late afternoon, I got my first yes. I still remember his name. 
Brandon Young. Hi, Brandon. He's from Eastern or Western North Carolina. I mean, that boy, his accent was so, like, his accent was so Southern. Like, he comes from the part of North Carolina where they drink the sweet tea and use it to flavor their pancakes. Like, it is insane. <laughs> like, and I still remember, and I, I mean, he's the nicest guy in the, I mean, he was so nice, so fun, but he was just from Western North Carolina. And he, hey, Matt, it's Brandon. And I remember he was like $300 a month, you know, the first couple of months. $500. We got him up to like, you know, he was making like five to $10,000 from us. So it took, took a couple of years, but he was our first affiliate. And for us, like when, when I say we paid him, you know, $300 in his first month, we made like 500. So all of a sudden, just from one person in that first month, we made $200 profit. Not a lot of money, but it was better than nothing, you know? Um, and the cool thing was we got to kind of float that money too. So like, I'm mean, just, that's how you operate as a business. We're like, okay, we made, you know, from him plus a few other affiliates, we made like $4,000 the first week. We knew we had to pay them 2500 of it, roughly, but that meant we could pay our team. <laughs> and then hope that we did 4000 from them the next week so we don't have to go to the bank, you know. And But I remember we got Brandon and we had a guy named Lev. Uh, he, 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 like, immigrated, I think he immigrated from one of the former Soviet republics. And, you know, like, he, man, Lev Berinsky is his name. Uh, we got him and a few other people who, um, they were our first affiliate. They were small. They were our first affiliates. And then about a month or two later, we got our big break. One of our big competitors was bought by a large publicly traded company. And I remember when we first heard that, we went, oh, crap, because they have a, they have a limitless budget now. Um, you know, we were doing like, 500,000 a year at the most then, they were already doing about 50 million a year. Um, and now they were going to expand rapidly. They had, you know, this big, they had, you know, the budget and everything. But I, it hit me one day, after about two days of us whining about it, you know, no, it's the end of us. They're just going to take over the whole industry. I was like, wait a minute, what if that's their biggest weakness when it comes to affiliates? Because they dominated the affiliate game. I said, all these affiliates, that are already starting to slowly come to us. What if they're not going to like the fact that they're run by a big bureaucracy? What if they're not going to like the fact that they, they had just announced that as a result of being bought by, because publicly traded companies have to report to the SEC, there's certain things they have to do. So their restrictions are bigger. And suddenly that company that paid them weekly is now going to pay them monthly. Well, we paid monthly. We didn't pay weekly because we couldn't afford to pay weekly. But now they lost an advantage. And there was all these things. I was like, what if we just went out and targeted every one of their affiliates with the message that, hey, we're the new guy. We're not the publicly traded behemoth. And do you want to be a part of a scrappy company that's just like you, that understands entrepreneurs, that isn't run by a big bureaucracy and some CEO in a distant you know, office? Do you want to come over to our side, basically? And sure enough, you know, the first week that we targeted there, we got like 10 or 20 of their, you know, small affiliates, 10 or 20 of their small affiliates, a couple of their medium size, and a, couple, you know, a bunch of small affiliates. And over the course of about six weeks, we took hundreds of their affiliates, including a couple of their bigger ones that, it, you know, that switched wow. over to us. Um, in August, 
of 2005. So we started basically on June 1st was about when we signed up our first person. August 2005, we did our first $100,000 a month from affiliate. Woo! Um, the end of that year, December is a really slow month. The end of that year, we had done just a hair over half a million just from affiliate, uh, which was about, you know, two-thirds of our entire revenue for the whole year. Um, January 2006 alone, I still remember the number. January, January is the big month for insurance. We did 472000 something dollars. We, we just missed um, half a million dollars in a month. This is after doing half a million the whole year before. And that was kind of the catalyst. It was like, okay, we can do something big here. And so really we were just, we were the scrappy upstart, you know, the scrappy startup. Um, however you want to look at it. And we, we took advantage of some things that happened that people would perceive as disadvantages, but we figured out a way to kind of twist that around. And, um, you know, my, my mission since then has really just been, okay, how do I teach others? You know, how do I teach others to find affiliates? Like the people that are starting out that don't have the relationships. It's really easy for Kevin Harrington to call up his friends and be like, hey, Damon John, you know, um, which, you know, by the way, of course, they have each other's phone number. Like he can totally do that. <laughs> hey, Damon John, I've got this thing coming up. Can you promote it? And Damon's like, sure. And of course, you know, a year later, Damon calls up Kevin. Hey, like, hey, Kevin Harrington. You know, I don't know if they I don't know if that's what they do. Do they call each other brother first and their last name? You know, I don't know. Um, you know, like, hey, you know, do you want to? Yeah, sure, I'll promote you. They can totally do that. But what do you do when you're, you know, a brand new person in your niche? You're starting out. You're not looking to run a seven-figure launch, you know, day one. You're just looking to get a handful of affiliates that can make you a few thousand dollars to start with, um, and scale from there. You know, what do you do? Well, that's what we. You know, that's what we teach now. It's exactly what I did, which was, you know, it took me uh, about 48 hours over the course of a weekend to figure it out. Um, now we can teach people how to do it a lot faster. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. So help our audience understand, because I know there are a lot of people out there that are like, affiliate marketing, no, you know, I'm not so sure about that. I don't want it to clash with my brand, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. <laughs> Can you break down to our audience the importance of affiliate marketing and how you can how you can be an affiliate marketer without it, you know, for those up and coming entrepreneurs without it clashing with your current brand? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, what we teach from the perspective of doing affiliate marketing, being an affiliate, uh, it's very different from what most people teach. We don't teach people how to be a full time affiliate marketer. We teach people who are building a platform. They've got a message they want to spread to the world. So they're a blogger, they're a podcaster, they're a YouTuber. Um, they have something they want to teach, you know, or some sort of a message that they want to spread. And we teach them how to monetize using affiliate marketing. And so the perspective that we take is this. When you're first starting out, you're building your platform. The reality is you don't know what the heck your audience wants to buy. Um, you can ask them. And it might not be the same as what they will actually buy. And so what we teach is use affiliate marketing as a testing ground. Don't go out and create a product that you might not even be able to sell. I have a shelf, I have a shelf here of products that we created and we didn't sell because I didn't do what I teach now. Um, I keep them there as a reminder, not because I'm an abject failure or anything like that. I keep them as a reminder. 
um, that shelf is basically the, hey, I did it wrong shelf. Not the, I was a moron shelf or I'm a total failure shelf. No, it's the, I didn't do the thing that I know not to do, and this is the result. I have a shelf full of stuff that I can't sell. Some people, it's a garage. Some people, they, they, uh, they lose their half bath downstairs and their spouse doesn't talk to them for six months because they, uh, this is a true story of a friend of mine. You know, their half bath is full of boxes. Wow. Don't create products that you aren't 100% sure your audience is going to buy. That's not, doing that is not the entrepreneurial, like American dream, like, ooh, you look at, you took the risk and say, that's just dumb. You know, create stuff you know your audience will buy. And one of the ways you can learn that is through affiliate marketing. Um, you can promote things at different price points, different topics, different, you know, let's use online courses, for example. You can promote, you know, a course about this at this price point, a course about this at a different price point and see, you know, which one of them converts better. You can convert, uh, you can promote things that are like slightly within the niche or like right within your niche, but maybe slightly out of it. You know, take the productivity niche, for example. Um, inside of productivity, there's time management, there's leadership, there's delegation, there's health and fitness, um, you know, there's task management. We'll just use those five. And you go out and you promote a course about health and fitness and you promote a, a leadership course, a goal setting course, a time management course. And you find that even though the health and fitness ones get the most likes on Facebook, even though the health and fitness ones, you have a lot of people telling you that's what they want to read about and you get a lot of downloads on your podcast, when you promote those courses, nobody buys them. But they are eating up the time management course and the leadership course. In fact, the health and fitness you know, course that you promoted at $97 sold 12. The leadership course you promoted at $2,000 sold 14. That's a substantial difference when the price point is 20 times higher. And so what that tells me is, you need to focus on leadership. You need to focus on task management. You need to focus on whatever it is your audience is buying the most of and then create those products. Does that mean that you don't ever promote an affiliate offer in the health and fitness space? No. And so you get your core topics. You create content around those and courses around those. And then everything else is like the tangential products. We call it the affiliate donut. So you think about in the whole is you, everything in the donut is the other stuff you could promote that may or may not be relevant. You're just not going to be the one who teaches it. And so as far as how do you stay on brand, answer that question. Um, I mean, number one, for the most part, stick to products that you have some level of personal experience. It doesn't mean they need to be the things that you use. For instance, my audience, and this is what happens over time, my audience is where I was 10, 12 years ago. They're not where I am today. So two things are true, especially in the online, you know, tools world. Number one, the tools that I use being 10 to 12 years ahead of my audience are different than the tools I recommend. Why? Because I'm using more advanced tools. I'm using, you know, for instance, I don't recommend our host to somebody just starting out. People just starting out don't get the level of traffic that we get. Our host, our hosting costs hundreds of dollars per month. I recommend you go get the $20 package from Bluehost, you know, and we have an affiliate link for that. I don't use Bluehost. I actually never have. Why? Because Bluehost didn't exist when I was at that level. So number one, you're using different tools. Number two, 
the tools that I did use 10, 12 years ago, many of them aren't even around anymore. And secondly, there are better tools today for somebody in that position. A good example of that is um, we, we didn't use ConvertKit for our email when we started out. Why? ConvertKit didn't even exist back then. And it's a great tool for somebody who's just starting out building their email list. It's a great tool if you've got a bigger email list too, but I'm saying it's especially great when you're first starting out. They, I don't know, it's like a free, some number of subscribers, right? You know, you can start off for free. So I highly recommend it. I didn't use it when I was first starting, you know. Uh, there are tons of tools like that, you know, that I don't use, but I still recommend. Now, we do our vetting. We, we read reviews. We, uh, in many cases, like in the case of ConvertKit, I'm friends with the owner, you know, and so I know he's legit and he's not going to scam people or anything like that. Um, you know, but if you try to use the product and recommend products that you have at least some level of personal experience with, then you avoid getting off brand. Um, I am determined to be rich. The middle class is not for me. I need news that cares about me. And not news that's going to scare me or make me mad at another people. I need news without politics. And I want news that will point me to the money. This is the news where it happens. The moments that change the world. These are the stories we need. The info that we care about. We only give you news that puts money in your pocket. And the news that gives us an advantage. This is the work that continues. Who we are today. And what we can become. Tomorrow. That's it. This is where news without agendas can lead us. Your wealth matters. This is why more perspectives make us stronger. And how our mission can inspire tomorrow. This is journalism that helps the world we live in. This is Mexit News. One of the best ways to find out what products to promote is to survey your audience and ask them simply, like, what are your favorite tools? Um, there's a, a company that we promote. The reason why we even started promoting it, it's actually led to a bigger deal. Um, and some, some, I just had a conversation with uh, them today. We're going to uh, co-create a course with them. Um, awesome. All because in our survey, I say, What's, what are your favorite tools for building your business? And this particular company was the number two response. And I went, well, if my audience is already using it, why on earth would I not recommend it? If there, I mean, like we have 185 you know, responses or whatever, probably more than that, probably four or 500 responses saying this is their favorite you know, tool for building their business. If that's not enough to make me feel comfortable recommending it, I don't know what is. <laughs> you know, like no personal experience is going to, you know, overcome or even add up to that level. So there's just some ways you can kind of get around, you know, even if you don't use a product. But really it just comes down to if you would recommend it to your mom, if you'd recommend it to a friend, then you should recommend it to your audience. And if there's something I tell people, it's just, you know, women are better at this. Women have better intuition than men. <laughs> but it's like if you're talking to the affiliate manager for the company and you just have like that weird feeling, don't promote it. If you go to their website and their website looks like it was designed in 2007 and it's 2020, don't promote it. If you, you know, if you go to uh, maybe their product sells on Amazon, you know, you can, you can buy it directly, but it also sells on Amazon. 
and it has, you know, 2.7 out of 5 stars, don't promote it. Um, you know, there are all those, you know, if you go to the Better Business Bureau and read about the company, um, and it has 156 negative complaints that have never been dealt with, I probably wouldn't promote that one, you know. Um, that's how you, that's how you, that's, I mean, it's just, it's common sense really is what it comes down to. Thank you. Thank you very much to the audience. Uh, I hope all of you are actively listening and taking notes. With affiliate marketing, would you recommend someone sticking with just one particular company or would you recommend them having a few different um, streams of income from a few different companies that they uh, that they have vetted properly, looked at, and they're like, yes, this can help my audience. Oh, my gosh. So I'll answer that question in a couple of ways. Um, I, had, uh, I had dinner with uh, some folks from our church, I don't know, it's probably two years ago, and I was talking about how I – kind of telling my story about, um, you know, how I got to – start my business and blah, blah, blah. And the guy looked at me and he said, man, that must have been risky. And I thought about it for like two seconds, you know, starting your own business must be risky because that's what, that's what they tell us, right? That's what, that's what we yeah. learn in school. That's what I yeah. say they, you know, who is they? I, I don't know. I've never, <laughs> never known who they is, but society, I guess, you know, it's what, what the myth, are, I don't even like the word myth. I like the word lie better. Um, it's what the lie tells us that starting a business is really risky. I was like, actually, it's the least risky thing I've ever done. I said, you know what was risky? Having only one stream of income. Um, Risky was working for Enron. Risky is when you work for, um, I got to be honest, and I I tell our team this, I said, you guys are putting a lot of faith in me because what you're doing is very risky because I'm, you are one, you are one thing, you know, I, I don't plan on doing anything stupid, but Let's say you work for somebody and they go out and get a DUI. You might not have a job tomorrow. That's risk. Like risk is having one stream of income. And so within our business, um, you know, not only do we have, we have our coaching, we have our products, we have our, you know, and then even within our products, we have our higher price products and our lower price products, our advanced and our entry level we have um, our products for this thing and this thing. You know, we, have, we teach people how to build an email list. We teach people how to do affiliate marketing. We teach people how to build affiliate programs. Then we have advanced trainings within each of those. Not only do we have all of that, but we also do our client work. And not only do we have our client work, but we also promote things as affiliates. And literally none of those, like in our, if you look at our four big categories, not a single one of our four big categories makes up more than a third of our revenue. They're all pretty much all within, um, you know, like 18 to 33%. You know, they're all pretty even. And so what happens is when something like, you know, COVID hits, um, yeah, our big product launch that we, we started on the single worst possible day of the entire millennium, um, we basically, I mean, probably the, the second or probably the worst day would have been September 11, 2001. Um, you know, outside of that, we, we, picked the second worst day, which was literally the day they canceled, you know, the NBA season when it got real in the United States. And I remember going, man, this sucks. Like we were projecting about a $300,000, you know, the smaller launch. We're projecting about a $300,000 launch. We did 24,000. Kind of a big gap there, you know, um, to do 8% of what, yeah, 8% of what you're expecting, right? 
And right. it wasn't like, you know, people like people like, oh, our launch was half as big as we expected. Like, I would have celebrated that. Ours was 8% as big. And, um, you know, I remember going, that really sucks. But our other stuff was all the same. And it was like, oh, okay. You know, and I remember saying, like, that sucks, but we're still going to pretty much go on vacation later this year. You know, assuming that we're allowed to legally. Um, you know, like, it's not like, I, it's not one of those things where, oh, my gosh, this thing that we expected to do really well did really poorly and I can't pay for my house or we have to pull our kids out of school or they can't play soccer. It was like, that sucks. Um, we do need to make up for it in a couple of areas, but we have all these streams of income. So that's mm-hmm. like totally unrisky. Within affiliate marketing, even, uh, one of the best ways to, to do affiliate marketing when you have a platform is to set up what's called a resources page. And a resources page is, is kind of exactly what it sounds like. And in fact, I'm in a, um, I'm just writing a URL down so I make sure to um, make sure it works later. But if you go to mattmcwilliams.com forward slash resources page, we've got a free guide on how to set this page up. And so what this page is, is as a platform, as a builder, as an authority, as an influencer, whatever you want to call yourself, People are going to constantly ask, what do, you, what do you do for this? What do you use for this? So if you're in the gardening niche, they're going to, well, what trowel do you use? What, I just named all the gardening tools I can name, so never mind. Um, and uh, I just learned that word the other day. It tells you how many times I've been gardening. But like in my world, I guess, okay, all right, who do you use for hosting? And I say, if you go and you look at our page, it actually says what I just said. Here's who we use. I don't recommend them unless you're doing this amount of revenue, you know? Um, here's my other recommendation for those of you starting out. Oh, Matt, how do you record your podcast? Well, I use this mic, this filter. I use this software. Some of these tools are free. Some of them are paid. And some of them are affiliate links. And so just on this one page of my website, which this one page of my website brings in literally over $100,000 a year. Um, it consistently, almost month after month, brings in more than $10,000. All it is is a list of resources. And so, again, the guide will show you how to set it up, what tools should be on there. But that page is representative of the fact that, like, think bigger than just, I talk about this. I need to promote this. one. Like, I talk about budgeting, so I need to recommend a budget software, and that's it. No, you talk about budgeting, so you should not only recommend a couple of different budgeting softwares for people who maybe are at different levels, but you talk about budgeting, so you also want to talk about investing. You also want to talk about, you know, maybe like what are the, you know, you want to talk about how to, you know, save money, like what are the best coupon sites. Um, you want to maybe talk about things like, you know, reward apps, and you want to promote deals to your audience. And, I mean, this, I, I don't know a whole lot about the budgeting world, you know, like that niche, but, like, again, in my niche, we have things like, and I, even though I don't talk about it a lot, we have like social media tools, tracking tools, podcasting, videos, uh, you know, building a course, et cetera, et cetera. Like there's a ton of different categories. And so what I recommend is anytime somebody asks you, um, hey, what do you use for? You know, what's your recommendation for such and such? You go, boom, that's perfect to go on my resources page. Um, and if you don't have the answer, then you do the research and, you, you know, you mm-hmm. find it out. And then 
you know, secondly, you just have to sit down and think, you know, like for me now we get asked enough questions that I can add stuff periodically to that page. But when I first built the page, you know, back when I think the first month it brought in like $32, (laughs) you know, Um, when I first built the page, I just said, okay, I know I've been asked about like two things, you know, like two people have asked me questions about what do I use for, but what are the things just like, let me just look on my desktop, meaning my actual, you know, what, what websites do I visit, you know, on a weekly basis? What are the, what are the tools I'm using for my business? And I was like, okay, well, we use this for keeping, you know, for our CRM. We use this for our podcast player. Same one you guys use, by the way. Uh, we use this, you know, for this, and I do this, and blah, blah, blah. And then as questions started coming in, I would just add those to the resources page. And it's, if you're, like, if you're building a platform, one of the things that's really hard for people to wrap their heads around is your audience sees you as an authority. You may not feel like an authority, but your audience sees you as that because there are a million people out there who want to do what it is you teach. And only and you say, oh, there's so many people teaching what I teach, not as a percentage of people who want to learn it. You know, oh, there's, a, there's, there's 30 people teaching about gardening. Yeah, and how many gardeners are there just in the United States? What, 5, 10, 15 million? And you want to tell me that 15 million people you can't spread around, you can't get 2% of those people with 30 people doing it? Yes, you can, not only mathematically, but just practically. You can get 1% or 2% of them, and maybe they follow you and three other people who teach about gardening. You don't even have to get them exclusively. So your audience, just by the fact that you have a domain name, that you have an email list and you have a Facebook page, even if your Facebook page has 82 followers, your audience still sees you as an authority. And so as an authority, your recommendations carry weight. And that's why that page is so incredibly powerful. Wow, you just added an extreme amount of value to me. Antonio always teaches us to be a resource for our audience, be the place where they can come to get everything and and stop holding mm-hmm. back because you you know, and because you feel like you're giving too much of something, but you just to be the resource to an extremely different level. You know, not um, only Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No. I, my 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 uh we and our mastermind. So that's another revenue stream for us, by the way. We have a mastermind called Start. And uh, they started calling me their Sherpa. And no, I didn't okay. fully understand I didn't fully understand exactly what that meant until I got really interested in Mount Everest. Um, I don't know why. I think I read no, I watched the no, I read one book about Mount Everest and so I went on this kick where I read like six books in a year about Mount Everest. And um one of them was about the Sherpas. And I was you know, really all a Sherpa is it's somebody who's been there before, and they walk just ahead of you. A Sherpa doesn't go two miles up ahead and yell at you to hurry up and catch up to them. A Sherpa is like one step ahead of you, which is really where we want to be as a leader. Like if you've ever been on a hike, and if you've ever been on like a hike with like a really fit friend, like I'm in pretty good shape, but I'm not like, you know, one of my friends in particular who can like, you know, he can like hike the hilliest thing with like an 80 pound backpack in like eight miles a minute or eight miles an hour, you know? I mean, he's just like, whoop, whoop, you know, whoop, like going along, you know, I'm back there like, Hey, I'm good. You know, and he, <laughs> you know, if you've ever been hiking with those guys, 
and they're up two miles ahead of you yelling at you. Like, you're by yourself, right? You're mm-hmm. not going on a hike with your friend. You're going on a hike, you know, behind your friend. And it's no fun. Yeah. It's not fun, and it doesn't lead me well. The better way to lead somebody, two steps ahead, right there. You can have a conversation. They're still ahead of you. They're still there to go, hey, wait, up here is the part where the trail gets kind of narrow and you got to turn this way and grab, you know, like they're still there. Right. They've been there before, but they're two steps ahead of you. And we all think that's the problem with like a lot of, like, problem. I've been there as well. We think we have to be two miles ahead of people to be able to lead them. And then I think the best place to lead is two steps ahead. And so, yeah, your audience sees you as that authority. And so be their Sherpa, be the person who's been there and is guiding them. And one of the ways that a Sherpa can help is, you know, like I'm pretty sure is to say, no, you don't want to wear that today because (laughs) in about an hour, the sun's going to come over the mountain and you're going to be sweating. And you don't want to be sweating because in about eight hours, the sun's going to go back down behind the mountain and you're going to freeze to death. And we don't know that because we've never been there. So, you know, now that I understand the concept of what a Sherpa really is, I think it's uh, I think it's a powerful analogy of what we are to our followers, and uh, yeah, I mean, spot on. Be that, be the person, be the all-in-one place where they come to you for recommendations about everything. That is amazing. Thank you so much for for saying that because when we first start, when you first start off as an entrepreneur, you only think about you, your mm-hmm. product, what you're going to do, how. This is going to save the world, but you never think about the people. And then when they start asking you questions, I've come across where I would ask a question and somebody would be hesitant to tell me or they wanted to hold back information. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, no, I'm asking you a question for a reason. Like, I want to know what you know. I want to learn. And so when you do that, you actually push people away. And I love the story that you just gave us because that's the greatest example of leadership you don't lead two miles ahead you lead mm-hmm. two steps ahead because because uh, i'm gonna be honest with you man i'm i'm gonna be the one back there with you like uh yeah just give me one second <laughs> i'm gonna take a quick break <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know but the, but you're you're more of a a servant leader a friend when you are the sherpa than you are the one that's just saying hey just do this and come on because Mm-hmm. people don't if they're coming to you they're coming to you in a vulnerable position because they do not know and the way you broke down the resource page and then the story you just told about the Sherpa and, and hiking that, that 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 story in itself you just you just showed me a different light on leadership um the height you know being that resource is you saying hey, I'm right here next to you. I've been there. I understand. So let me help. And I hope, I really hope our audience is listening. As entrepreneurs, the greatest way to help your audience is to serve them. And you can't serve them if you're so busy thinking about self. Yeah. So thank you so much. That was that. Oh, my pleasure. So if you hear me tell that story again, I will give you credit. I heard this from Mr. Matt McWilliams. Let me tell you a story. (laughs) (laughs) No, share it, share it. I mean, because I think it's so important for people to get that, um, you know, to get that concept of 
being an authority, being an influencer, you know, like there's something that is like, you know, so-and-so is an influencer. And what that means is they have a certain number of followers on Instagram. No, I mean, an influencer is anyone who influences. And not to be cliche, but if you're a parent, you're an influencer. Um, But I mean, specifically, if you have an email list of any number of people, you know, you're an influencer. You might only be influencing 27 people right now, but you're an influencer. And, you know, what we found just from a number standpoint is is typically between 3,000 and 5,000 people is when you can go full time. Like, you can look at that in one of two ways. I can look at that and go, well, if you have 5,000 people on your list, um, that is larger than the average NCAA Division I basketball crowd pre-COVID. You know, we look at it and go, well, you know, University of Kentucky, University of Tennessee, University of North Carolina, they draw 24,000 people a game. You know, that, that's big, right? You know, we look at football stadiums, you know, Neyland Stadium, University of Tennessee, where I went, you know, 105,000 people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but 5,000 people on an email list, is I, if I, I remember looking, I don't remember where I got this number from, but it was like 3,900 and something people was what the average NCAA, like the highest level of college basketball, the average crowd is under just under 4,000 people. Um, why? Well, because of, you know, schools like Lipscomb and Belmont and Eastern Kentucky, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, there's a lot of small schools. It, it's still a large crowd of people. And yeah. so, it's large, but it's also not nearly as many as most people think. And we found that somewhere in there, depending upon the niche, uh, so we just we say 5,000, um, 5,000 people, the average person, the average email list, if you're doing it right, doing what we teach, for example, brings in between $0.75 cents and $2 per person per month. So we just split the difference and say, call it a buck twenty-five. If you bring in a buck twenty-five and you have five thousand people, I'm doing the math right. That's sixty-two, you know, fifty times twelve months <laughs> is about seventy thousand a year. You're going to have about ten to fifteen thousand dollars in expenses, and that's about you're right around the average American household income. Now, your needs may vary, and of course, you, if you're if you live in California, you're going to need more than five thousand. So you're going to need like eighty thousand. But you know, if you you know, and if you live in you know, Ohio, it's going to be, if you live here in Indiana, it's going to be lower. Cost of living is really low here. Um, and there might be, you know, other factors, you know, you may hire this person or this person. But generally what we found for a solopreneur with a part-time virtual assistant, um, spending an average amount on hosting and, you know, other, you know, necessary tools like lead pages or click funnels, like, it, you know, you need an email service provider that you're going to be paying probably about 50 to 75 bucks to. Things like that, um, right around three thousand. We've seen people go full time at three thousand, um, you know, to upwards of about five thousand. Some very small niches, certain niches um, where they are a little bit more difficult to monetize. It could be as high as seven thousand, but right around there is when you can go full time. And I mean, if you're full time with your message, with your platform, you're an authority. You're an influencer. And even before that, you're an authority. You're an influencer. Like I have a friend of mine. He's uh, he probably just now hit about 10,000 people on his list. But for the longest time, I had no idea. I didn't know what size his list was. I didn't even know he actually has a full-time, had had a full-time job. He recently went full-time. 
had a full-time job, but I viewed him as an expert in his space. Why? Because I was on his list. Like I was on his list, I, and I got to be friends with him over over time. I didn't even know until I interviewed him for my podcast, and he actually had a full time job at that point. And wow. so, you know, I would have never known that this wasn't his. I, I would have never known. I would have I just thought he had fifty thousand, a hundred thousand people on his list. I just assumed he did this full time. Great content, great writer, you know, doing everything right. Just hadn't grown very fast, but I viewed him as an authority in that niche. And so your audience sees you and all of you like same way. They see you as an authority. And when we embrace that, you know, just from a purely affiliate marketing standpoint, when we embrace the fact that our audience sees us as an authority, then we want to do things that authorities do. Wow. That, that, huh. So ladies and gentlemen, if you have at least 5,000 people in your email database, you are an authority figure to them. You are an influencer. Leverage that. You know, tell them about you. You, okay. I, <laughs> you're giving away so much information. It's amazing. I, I'm, I'm sitting here, so I'm sitting here taking notes myself like, oh, resource page. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> So, but I, before we end this call today, Mr. Matt, I want our audience to know how to, how to get in contact with you, how to reach out to you so you can educate them even more on affiliate marketing. Yeah. So first of all, go grab that, that report. Um, if you're looking to get started with affiliate marketing, uh, if you go to mattmcwilliams.com forward slash resources page, uh, you can download the free guide because that's the best place to start. It's the easiest place to start. You don't have to sell anything. You know, you add stuff to your resources page. And, and I'm not saying you should not sell anything. That's not what I'm suggesting. I'm just saying for people who that is a barrier, um, you know, that's a great way to start monetizing your platform. So if you grab that free report, mattmcwilliams.com forward slash resources page, um, that'll walk you through how to set up that page, the mistakes to avoid, uh, things that you want to make sure you do on that page. There are definitely some things we've learned over the years, split testing and all that fun stuff. Um, secondly, if you want to learn how to grow an affiliate program, because there's literally no better way to grow your business, just like we did back in you know, 2005. Um, I mean, it's the best way. If you look at our email list now, um, 60, 70% of all of our, you know, all of our leads come from our affiliates. Um, yeah, we run Facebook ads, and I recommend doing that if you can. Uh, the problem is with Facebook ads, I'm not picking on Facebook ads, because like I said, we do, we do a lot of We spend a lot of money on Facebook ads. Um, Zuckerberg makes you give him money before he sends you anything, you know. Um, affiliates don't. You know, they send you traffic. They send you leads. They send you sales before you ever pay a dime. And so especially when you're first starting off um, in cash flow, I mean, that's always the number one issue for every new business is cash flow. It's not like they don't know what to do. It's they don't have any money. You know, like, again, been there, done that. It's called every week ever. You know, like, we never have enough money. And so it's like, you know, how can we cash flow this is kind of one of the questions we're always asking. Um, if you go to mattmcwayans.com forward slash first 100. So there's like 12 different ways you could spell that, but just F-I-R-S-T-1-0-0. <laughs> so mattmcwayans.com forward slash first 100. 
Uh, I've got a free report there that will basically show you how to find your first 100 affiliates. It's exactly what we've used, whether we're working with, um, you know, big clients, small clients, my own business. Um, over the years, you know, places that uh, there's 15 total places in there to find affiliates. We've got some uh, email templates in there as well for reaching out to them. It works in there if you've got connections and you've got relationships and maybe you've got a history in your niche, but it also works if you are brand new to your niche and don't know a soul. Um, I think it's, uh, I think it's like way number 12 or 13 in there. Um, literally works if you don't know a single person. If you don't have any customers, if you have nobody on your email list and you want to start getting affiliates to promote you, um, there's even a couple ways in there you know, toward the end that work if you don't know the first thinking person. So uh, if you've been socially distancing your entire life, you know, you can still get affiliates. All right. Thank you very much. Now, before we close out today, Mr. Matt, I have one more question for you. Sure. What has been your secret to your success? I don't know that there is one. I think as cliche as it is, it, it's persistence. You know, there's the old the old Calvin Coolidge quote that I'll I'll probably mess up. Um, but, you know, anytime I mess up a quote, it reminds me of the old Abraham Lincoln quote, the trouble with quotes on the Internet is you never know if they're true. Um, <laughs> and I have a sign on my wall that says that. So. Um, now, the Calvin Coolidge quote about persistence is just like, you know, the, the thing that's going to make the difference is it's not talent. You know, it's not, uh, it's not knowledge. It's not, you know, um, anything. It, it's persistence. You know, it is literally persistence. Uh, and in fact, I, I, had to, I had to look up the quote because I was, it was driving that nothing in this world can take the place of persistence. Um, talent will not, nothing is more common than successful people with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated failures. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. And I think it's just like, it's, it's persistence. And one of the things that I think gets misunderstood about persistence is persistence tends to be equated with stubbornness. And stubbornness yeah. to me means I'm going like, stubbornness to me means I have a hammer. You know, a dollar store hammer, right? A Walmart hammer, just an average hammer. And I am going to beat at this big rock with this hammer until I create a diamond or something, until I get to the center of it. The problem is the dollar store hammer will never be able to beat that rock. And, you know, it will never be able to do that. Persistence says, okay, I tried the dollar store hammer. What else can I try? What if I try a bigger hammer? Well, that didn't work. What if I try a different rock? What if I go beat against a different rock? You know? And so for me, it's like persistence doesn't mean that you just keep going in a straight line. We talked about this at the very beginning. It's not I'm going to keep going in this same direction because I'm stubborn and I'm committed to, like I was committed to playing professional golf. There's a reason why I didn't end up playing professional golf. I have two bones out of alignment in my left wrist. I could not practice anymore. I was done. And there was not really anything they could do for it. I I there's no way you can play at the highest level and not practice at the level that I needed to practice, you know? Yeah. And that's not the only, I mean, maybe I still wouldn't have made it, you know, 
statistically speaking, I probably wouldn't have. But it then said, well, the easiest thing to do is to teach golf. And I made really good money doing it. Well, persistence doesn't necessarily mean that I have to keep teaching golf. What persistence said was I was going to find something. And I found it now, and I will continue on this path probably for the rest of my life, teaching people how to start an affiliate program and get into affiliate marketing. And, you know, we have a mission to help 100,000 people make their first dollar online. Um, you know, we're making really good progress on that. You know, we're a couple thousand people in, and, and we want to speed that up, of course. Um, persistence says, I'm going to help 100,000 people make their first dollar online. But what if there's a better way? You know, and I'm not saying there is. But one of the things that we started teaching was, you know, how to grow, how to build your list, um, how to build your email list. I didn't teach that for eight years. Um, but now that we are, that's been a large, you know, large part of being able to to help us on that mission. And so, yeah, I mean, the, the secret is it's just it's just persistence. I mean, it's like when I when I say I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning and do what I say I'm going to do, I do it. Um, might not go perfectly. I might be tired. Uh, you know, there might be roadblocks, but I'm just I'm going to do it. Um, as long as you don't misconstrue that with stubbornness or just, you know, going trying to go straight when really what you need to do is zig or zag, um, then I think that persistence really is the key. All right. Thank you so much, Mr. Matt. Persistence, ladies and gentlemen, persistence. Thank you so much, Mr. Matt. You've told us how we can reach, how our audience can reach out to you. You've told us your secret to success. I personally personally want to thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Secret to Success podcast. You have given our audience an abundance of information on a subject that I know none of them have probably ever thought about and the importance <laughs> of it. So I thank you for joining us today on the Secret to Success podcast. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you have an amazing day today. You can plant better. You can dominate. Hey, everybody. My name is Monica, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about how I became a part of the ATS Business University. Um, I actually have my own construction company called Women's Touch Construction, as well as I'm a real estate investor when it comes to residential properties. Well, COVID hit in February, and as you guys know, with the pandemic, a lot of things got put on pause. So my construction company got put on hold. Um, I just bought two houses at one time in February, and I was having a hard time finding tenants, so I had basically three vacant homes at one time and no income because my construction company was put on hold. So I started going online, looking around. I found Antonio, reached out to him, and kind of told him my situation about what was going on. We talked about strengths, weaknesses. He got me involved in uh, some of the courses, and as I was taking those courses, I realized how much I actually learned. So I initially went directly to the real estate courses because that's my passion as an investor. And the good thing about those courses that I learned is you learn different things from what you hear from 
your friends that are realtors. It's from an investor point of view and it's from a broker's point of view. So I was able to learn a lot about that. Um, after those courses, I got into some of the self-help courses um, that also helped me grow as a person. So the good news is there's something for everyone. So depending on what your passion is, whatever you're trying to do, there's a course for you. Uh, the other thing was I'm starting a podcast. I always said I would never start a podcast and now I'm starting a podcast because one of the courses that I was watching was on podcasting and they're very specific on the steps to take to have a successful podcast. A podcast is going to bring you income, not just um, for fun, basically, because I'm always looking for other streams of income, not just to do things for fun. So I highly recommend these courses get involved. I guarantee there's something for everyone. It doesn't matter what your passion is, what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish in life. Just get involved. The ATS community itself, when I did get involved, everybody's so positive. They help each other. There's a lot of group economics that goes on within ATS as well. So if you do have a product or a company, you can always promote that within ATS and, and to grow your audience that way and grow your clientele that way. So I'm here to tell you I'm doing it. I'm going through it right now. I'm growing every single day. Um, Antonio's very hands-on as well. So if there's something you need, he'll hop on a call with you as long as you schedule it ahead of time. Um, there's a lot of hands-on help through ATS. So just take it from me, try it out. I promise you will not regret it. We're all here to help. We're all gonna hold your hand through this process and um, let's go make money together. Hello, my name is Vastine East. Vastine East, a happy man. I'm now a member, a proud member of the ATS University. I took a journey to get here, a unique journey. What I'm holding in my left arm is a set of drawings spent hours on a team with other men and women to design petrochemical plants, offshore drilling facilities, drawings, all arrived from a desire to create something unique in the world to serve mankind. And I'm proud that I was once part of that team, a team of intelligent, brilliant people. In my arm, these drawings represent hours of toil and sweat. These drawings represent school, high school, college. These drawings represent coming in to an industry where I earn, oh, a decent living towards the end. But regardless, at the end of all of these drawings, the reason why I'm holding these drawings right now is to compare what I had to do in order to achieve the successes that I'd enjoyed in civil engineering as a designer. By joining the ATS University, Business University, I'm so fortunate now that at the end of the day, I go to sleep at night, reassured that I'm now doing something for me, not just based on my abilities or my intelligence, but something that rewards my love, a love of speaking, a love of traveling, a love of sharing my art. These old drawings, 
they represent a lot of hard work. Once the drawings are finished, I was always blessed to have the client or my lead engineer come out and say, where are my drawings? And so doing, a little bit of me left every time the drawings left my drafting table or my computer. A little bit of me died. But I'm alive again with the ATS Business University. I'm able now to pursue at last a career in public speaking to inspire others like myself. Perhaps you didn't come from a background of engineering or whatever, but you came perhaps from whatever source or that earned you a living, a good living, I hope. But are you tired? Are you tired of the hustle and bustle of answering to other men's dreams? And that's what I have to say about the ATS Business University. It has allowed me to wake up and live my dreams. I'm thankful that I live long enough as a baby boomer to leave this world knowing that I'll make a contribution not only in the past in engineering, but a moral compass has been redesigned for me to enjoy me, my gifts, my talents. I encourage anyone who is searching to find their place in the future is to link arms with the ATS Business University. I'm happy I found it, and I'm most happy that I was accepted. The ATS Business University, where you can turn your blueprints into your dreams. I'm Vastine East. Join the ATS family and live life in full bloom. Abundance. Blossom. Gratitude. Engagement. ATS, to me, is total transparency. This is Jerome Red. And you know, I'm loving it. Ooh. Oh, I'm loving it. Future. My future is bright with ATS. Hi, I'm Dr. Sugar Trask, and I am with ATS University. Pioneer community. Break it down. Let me just share with you what break it down means to me and what ATS does with breaking it down. Attention. ATS got you. That's all I can say. They make it so simple. You feel it? Hi, everybody. This is Jerry reminding you that you can cultivate an attitude of gratitude. I'm telling you, no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, what your value system is, what religion you are, as long as you speak enough English to understand what's going on, you will be welcome with open arms. With open arms. Ooh. I'm feeling that. Come on, possibilities. With ATS, your possibilities are endless. Vanguard. Reality. ATS is universe of knowledge. Crazy. <laughs> I would often pray to God to please send me a mentor. A mentor that can guide me, a mentor that can give me a road map. Actionable is information that allows action to be taken. ATS Junior Business University is actionable. You don't have to be crazy to be here, but it helps. Hello. Here's every single thing that you're going to get, and I mean everything you're going to get, plus we'll add more. I mean, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to give you $30,000 worth of courses, worth of value, worth of sharing my screen, 
showing you how I built my company and all that kind of stuff like that. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pull back the curtains and every single morning I have a meeting in which we show and we actually run this company and how we do things. And in this meeting, we're going to give you the daily business, money, and marketing team meetings. All these tips, you're going to get instant access of how a nine-figure company stays successful. You're going to learn how to structure your morning meetings with your company. You're going to learn why daily team meetings are important and to the success of your company. You're going to learn tips and strategies and all sorts more of that's $30,000 right there. Then I'm going to teach you real estate investment training. That's it. Another $20,000 is going to grow every single month on just real estate investment so you can get what you need. And I mean everything from real estate investment. And I want to give you an, an, a leadership class because right, what's the point of leading people if you don't know how to lead? Or what's the point of leading people if you're not going to continue to lead? That's a $15,000 value. This class is long and it also grows every single month. It's kind of like Netflix, right? Every single time that you decide to do something, it's every single time we give you more value and let that value in your doing something grow every single month. Then what I want to do, I'm going to give you a business accelerator. Now, this is where we take your business from five figures to six figures, six figures to seven figures, eight figures to nine figures, et cetera, et cetera. So you're going to learn how to leverage the knowledge of, of myself and my my friends and my millionaire friends and my billionaire friends. You're gonna learn credit hacks. You're gonna do all this stuff. That's a $5,000 value that we're gonna give to you immediately. Then we're gonna teach you branding and cash flow. Cash flow is king. Cash makes you a slave. Cash flow is king. That'll make you royalty. That's an extra $3,500. Plenty of things there. You're going to learn what branding is, what branding is not. But most importantly, you're going to learn how to generate money, not just make money. Then you're going to get Law of Attraction. That's another $3,500. Overcome a low self-esteem, $999. Retraining your subconscious mind, $999. Then we're going to give you a full capability for you to make money with us, a full back office, a back office suite. Gonna have access to your back office. You're gonna be able to see who joins your success team. You're gonna be able to track your money, put inside your back office all the stuff that you need to be successful, and we're not gonna charge you a dime. There's no monthly fee for that. That's another. That's another $999. And we're gonna give you your own website. You're gonna get your own website. Not gonna charge you for that either. So you can have the opportunity to make money with us. Essentially. We're going to help you build your own sales funnel, a whole template, and you're going to be able to dominate from there. This is a total value of $80,489. Plus, if you put in your address, we will give you a free book from the richest man in the trash can himself, me, that would teach you the 36 objective laws of leaving the middle class. I sure hope you're ready right now, because in the domination of all things, Click that link below because now is your time to dominate. When the pandemic began, I had the biggest problem in the world, not making money. The pandemic was actually quite a blessing for me as it almost made me a billionaire. I came really close. So the pandemic was a blessing. It was hiring people. And get this, everybody. I had 
48 job positions open during the pandemic. $22 an hour with paid training. And I could not find a single person for two years to fit any of those 48 job positions. Hear me well. 48 job positions. $22 an hour. Paid training. And I couldn't find someone, not one person, for those job positions. Now, is it because I hire slowly? True. But it's because I wasn't using ZipRecruiter. And that's a fact. I wasn't getting to the right people for the right position to fit my right culture. And there are so many different things that you can do this summer. As a matter of fact, you can free up as much time as you want to. But if you're not using ZipRecruiter, you're probably not going to free up that time if you're attempting to hire people. So what is ZipRecruiter? What is probably the greatest job finder that's out there? And that's why you need ZipRecruiter. You need it so you can find the right candidates. Now, it's not that ZipRecruiter helps you find jobs. It's more accurately that ZipRecruiter takes your culture, takes your job, takes what you're looking for, and immediately matches them with the perfect candidate. And if the if it's if they can't find a perfect candidate, they will skip over that person and then give you the perfect candidate for you. ZipRecruiter uses one of its most powerful tools, which is the technology itself, to match the right candidates up with your job. You can easily review uh, their recommendations and easily review their recommended candidates and invite these candidates to apply for your top positions. Additionally, ZipRecruiter has a complete suite of tools that makes it easy for you to filter out, uh, review, and rate candidates. Four out of five employees uh, have been used by four out of five employers on ZipRecruiter. It is a blessing. And no wonder ZipRecruiter is rated number one hiring site in the world based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of this year, January 1st. My friends, soak up everything I said. It's not an ad. This is a personal testimony of how I found the right people to sit in the right seat on the right bus. Without ZipRecruiter, it wouldn't have been possible. So how do you take advantage of what I'm talking about? Well, you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. All spelled the regular way. That's Zip, Z-I-P, Recruiter. R E C R U I T E R ZipRecruiter.com slash B to B. And I promise you, you will be grateful that you did so. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash B to B. It's also in the show notes.